Hello everybody and welcome to episode 52 of the Ask the Coach Show, the show where we answer your table tennis questions. In today's show, we talk about Marcus Freitas, why people use long pimples, how to tell a good blade from a bad one, recovering after each shot, and the elbow position of your forehand top spin. You can see all our past shows at pingskills.com, click on the blog link and you'll find them there. Today, to answer all your questions, as always, is Supercoach Alois Rosario. Welcome, Alois. Morning, Jeff, and uh, must be getting close to Christmas with that music in the background. It certainly is. It's, um, it's quite a good song, isn't it? It is a good song. Is that you on the guitar? <laughs> no, that's not me on the guitar. Okay, all right. Uh, I'll well, keep waiting. Yes, we wish you a Merry Christmas. I think I should just play this over and over the whole show. What do you reckon? Perfect. <laughs> well, you know, people are actually here for the table tennis questions, though, Alloy, so I'll get rid of the music and we can get into um, the table tennis stuff because that's what people really want to um, really want to talk about. Okay. So, yes, they do. But we do wish everyone a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Okay, now, Alloys, first of all, let's talk a little bit about Marcus Freitas, the ITTF has a new initiative out called Off the Table. Tell us a little bit about this. Yeah, uh, discovered it. Looks uh, looks really good. It's a really good initiative. It's something that we've talked a bit about, isn't it? Um, about um, how to promote the game better is to uh, get a little bit more personality into the players and just get a bit more background of the players. And it looks like um, the ITTF have started a series on um, Off the Table. So it looks like the first one they've done is Marcus Freitas. Um, and it's just a little bit about his background and about his life, and it, it's interesting. I now know that he's one of uh, uh, one of twins, um, and I know a little bit more about him. And when when you're watching players like that, then you've got a bit more of a background of them, and you uh, have a bit more empathy with uh, with what they're doing. Yes, indeed. I, I reckon it's great, and um, it looks like they're going to do some future ones on Michael Mays. So, and I guess I'll keep the series going. So, um, I'm very excited about this. We'll put a link to the Marcus Freitas interview in the show notes, so you can go and check that out. Yeah, um, I'd really, I, I really hope that they get onto the the um, the best players in the world, the Chinese uh, team, because I'd love to hear a little bit about their background. Yes, I think that would be great, wouldn't it? Um, all right, now, Alice, I'm just trying to look at the questions using this Hangout, and I can't see them, but I do have them written somewhere else, so maybe I will use that to um, ask the questions. Okay. So, um, yesterday's Pink Skills question of the day, um, which was back on Friday, for, so a long time ago, <laughs> for, for those of us with short memories, the question <laughs> was, what did you think of the presentation of the ITTF World Tour Finals. So, what did you think, Alois? Yeah, I, I think you know. Again, I think the ITT are getting better and better at, at this sort of thing, and their presentation was fantastic. Um, and um, Steve Dayton, who's a marketing uh, guy at the ITTF, um, who's who's an Aussie and uh, a guy that I've, I've known from when he was young, um, was really uh, was really pleased with the outcome of it. Uh, so, so that's great. I mean, moving forward with uh, with all of this sort of stuff is great. You know, just finding new ways to present the game and to make the game look a bit more attractive um, is perfect for me. Yeah, I, th I think they're doing a really good job in, in that area. 
And I think their YouTube channel is really good too. So um, if you haven't, go subscribe to the ITTF uh, YouTube channel. Um, a lot of great videos, like we said, the Off the Table um, series that started. But they have all the matches on there and highlights of the matches. And I think it's, it's really well done. All right, Alice. So the Ping Skillers question of the day for today is, will you play table tennis on Christmas Day? So leave your comments, let us know. We'd love to hear what you're up to on Christmas Day, table tennis-wise. All right, so first question, Alois, is um, from uh, Ilya. And Ilya says, I understand why people go to long pimples or anti-spin. They want to play defense, but why does someone migrate to short pimples on one side or even both? Why do people give up the opportunity to play with lots of spin from both wings? Yeah, so... Um Short pimples' um, main advantage is that the ball comes through a lot faster off them, or faster and flatter. So it just gives a little bit of a different um, appearance um, on the ball. So instead of the ball coming through with a bit of topspin, it comes through really fast and flat at your opponent. Um, you know, like, you have to be very accurate with it. You have to uh, have to have um, very good touch to be able to play with short pimples. So it's not a really popular rubber. Um, because because of that, but it is something that players, especially good blockers, like to use on their backhand side to uh, to get the ball skidding through a little bit more um, and making the opponent you know have to lift that ball more. So if you block with normal um, inverted rubber, the ball goes through with a little bit of topspin and makes it just a little bit easier for the attacker to play that next ball. Off the short pimples, the ball just skids through and it almost feels like it's got a bit of backspin on it. So that's the advantage of the short pimples. Yeah, and so the short pimples, um, I guess, Alois, is very effective when you're closer to the table but not so effective as you move further back? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, fr From further back from the table, you, you really haven't got enough power or topspin to get the ball up and down quickly. Um, so, yeah, when you're back from the table, you do really struggle with the short pimples. Um, so, yeah, you, you do need to stay up close to the table. Yeah, and um, at the Australian Open that we commented on, we saw one of the Singapore players actually had the um, short pimples on the forehand and used that to great effect. Yes, and, and we saw that when, when he moved back away from the table, as soon as he moved, was forced back away from the table, he was in real trouble. Um, when he stood up close, um, he was able to to affect his his fast um, fast game. So, yeah. Yeah, and it, it was really effective when, like you said, when he was close and he rushed the opponents. So if you like that really quick, fast game, then I guess short pimples can be a good option. Yeah, definitely, um, definitely. So not not something that we recommend, you know, for for beginners or or players just learning the game. But certainly, once you've developed your game, and if you you feel like you are a um, a close um, to the table, fast blocker, um, then maybe short pimples is worth a try. Okay, great question, Ilya. The next one is from Ollie, and Ollie says, how exactly do you tell a good blade from a bad one? For example, if you're just browsing online for a bat, what do you look for? And can you recommend a good blade or a pre-made bat suitable for a custom-made rubber? And are there any that really stand out? Yeah, this is a perennial problem. Um, so, you know, trying to, trying to find a a blade and a, and a and equipment that works well for you is, is it's a really difficult task you know so um, a, a couple of things one stick with 
known brands, things that you know and trust and known suppliers. So that way, you know, you, you've got um, a reasonable chance of getting something good. Um, a lot of the sports store bats and things tend to be a little bit cheaper and, and not as good quality, um, just as a general rule, of course. Um, so, you know, if you, if you stick to the main suppliers, uh, you, you will tend to not go too far wrong. And if you look at a supplier's range, within that range, usually the better bats are more expensive. So, you know, as you go up in the price range, the quality of the blade and the bat also increases. Um, that is within, you know, if you're just looking at butterfly blades or your Saka blades, you know, their cheapest blades that tend to be the, the less quality, the, the higher price blades tend to be the better quality of bats. Yes, so Alloys, can you recommend a good blade and is there such a thing as a pre-made bat that will be suitable for custom rubbers? Ah, the ping skills rook. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so, so we, we have got a blade, the, the ping skills rook, that is that we, we think is really good for, um, for beginners, um, not too fast, and you can also take the rubber off that and you know, then progress, um, you know, put some Mark V on that later. Um, as well, or even a, even a faster rubber. So, yeah, it, but, I mean, there's a lot of blades out there like that. Um, it's just a matter of making sure you stick with quality suppliers, I suppose. Okay, good. And then for, um, what about for a um, custom blade, if you don't want a pre-made bat? Um, yeah, so, again, look, 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 at the, look at the better suppliers, the, the quality suppliers, you know, um, the one we have is the Ping Skills Touch, which is the next level up. Um, again, um, just look at the quality of the wood. Um, if you look at the wood, um, if it's too flaky or, you know, it's r really rough, um, usually that's one of the cheaper cheaper blades, you know, you'll, yeah, it's, it, it is really difficult to tell, you know, it's better off if you just look at a particular blade um, and then uh, we'll, we can give you some advice about that particular blade that you're that you're looking at. Okay, excellent. Thanks for the question, Ollie. All right, now Kustav has asked the next question, Alois, and Kustav says, "I can't recover for the next stroke when I play one, especially flicks. I pause at the end position. Please tell me how to recover for the next stroke, and do you have any drills to practice recovery?" Yeah, so this is um, this is a, a common one, especially when you're first learning a stroke. You know, you tend to focus. I mean, we we focus a lot on your start position and finish position. So you often tend to pause to make sure you've got that position right. As you get more comfortable and better at the stroke, you, then you do start to uh, let let yourself flow into the next next stroke. On the flick, though, it's particularly important because on the flick, you've moved in close to the table, you know, getting your leg right under the table, coming close to the net, playing your stroke, and then you need to push back quickly with, uh, with your front foot so that you're back into the ready position again. So after that, after the stroke, push really hard with your foot, with your toes, with your leg, and push back into that. Um, nice ready position that we talk about all the time. So, so that's one thing that will help you to recover and to get back to the next ball too, Gustav. Okay. So, what are some drills you can use to practice that? Yeah. So, um, you can do multi ball. Multi ball is great for this. Um, get 
the other person to feed one ball short where you come in and push it or flick it and then quickly feed the next ball long. Um, firstly, you can just do it to one side so you know where the ball's coming or then you can do it to either side. So you're flicking and then coming back quickly and playing the next ball um, from away from the table and then back in for the short one, back out for the long one. So just practice that in and out uh, movement and the recovery. And then also just for general recovery, um, multi-ball's good because um, the ball's coming at you constantly. So you make the stroke, you come back to the next ball, make the stroke, next ball, make the stroke, next ball. So you always need to keep moving after the end of the stroke to progress to the next stroke quickly. Okay, yeah, good tips there. So if you haven't given multi-ball a try, um, it's well worth it and it's got a lot of benefits. Um, so we'll put a link um, to our multi-ball course in the show notes. Check that out. And Kustav, give that a try, some multi-ball practice, and let us know how it goes. All right, the next question is from Antonius. And Antonius says, I'm kind of confused about doing a top spin or a loop stroke. Should my elbow be fixed, and should I do the stroke with my shoulder, or should I do the stroke with my elbow? And he says, I'm a Chinese pen holder. Okay. Um, so basically it's a combination of both. Um, so you'll see that often um, some, pl some players will use a lot of shoulder and not much elbow at all, so they'll do that. So Jeff, Jeff's forehand stroke tends to use a lot of shoulder, and less with the elbow. Um, some players use a little bit more movement here and less movement here. So it's a bit of a preference, but you need to you need to combine all of those things. You need to combine the hand, the forearm, the elbow, the upper arm, the shoulder to make that all work for you. Um, to it's like a summation of all of those little little pieces to get. That back moving, moving through. So um, it's it's both. Um, but as I said, you will see some players use more shoulder, some players use less shoulder, and more more of the elbow. Yeah, and I think alloys when people are learning. I think some people um, have trouble just getting that elbow action right, and sometimes they do this kind of action, which is not right, by lifting their elbow rather than coming through. So I think. Um, is it? Do you call it the 90-90 rule? Is quite helpful for people to know the right finish position. Yeah, the the right finish position. Um, you can look at it as a 90 degrees here and 90 degrees here. Um, so if you can finish in that position, you'll be uh, you'll be pretty well right. Um, speaking of the floating elbow, Jeff, um, that will be in tomorrow's show. We've uh, oh. we've queued that up for tomorrow. So excellent. So we'll talk more about it then. But yeah, in the meantime, guys, think about the 90-90 finish position. So for those on the audio podcast, that's between the side, your side and the underarm, and then between your um, forearm and your upper arm. I guess that probably doesn't explain it for you from the audio podcast anyway, but if it doesn't, check out our video on the forehand top spin uh, on our website, pingskills.com. That will help you out, and I'll put a link in the show notes for you. Well, there you go, Alois. Let me just cue some more music because that wraps up the end of the show. And we wish everyone a Merry Christmas. 
We will be back tomorrow though, so come and join us live and ask a question using the Q&A Hangouts um, button that's on our Google Plus page, or you can always ask a coach at pingskills.com. And if you haven't signed up for our free newsletter, do that now. You get great free weekly tips. All right, everyone, have a great day, and I hope you play lots of table tennis. And thank you, Supercoach Alloys. Thanks, Jeffrey. Have a great day, Pink Skillers. See you tomorrow. Getting close to Christmas. Bye, everyone.